Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast of my articles. My name is Professor Pomarchi and I'm an economist. Today's article was written on the 1st of May 2019 and is titled Why is Maduro burning Venezuela's gold? Okay, I'm sorry for such a clickbait title, but uh, Mr. Maduro is not literally burning gold from the reserves of the government. For those that don't know, Mr. Maduro is the head of the government in Venezuela. And he's been there for quite a while now. Now, Mr. Maduro is, however, burning through the reserves, the gold reserves of Venezuela, in other words, the reserves of the Venezuelan people, to finance his own operation. That was particularly true at the time of the writing of this article and is still somewhat true today, although there's been big, big changes in Venezuela lately. Okay. Less than a month ago, before the writing of this article, I learned that Mr. Maduro was paying some of his government's debt with their gold reserves. This may not seem like much to most people, but it was really interesting for me. Why would a president draw from the country's gold reserves to pay for anything? In times of crisis, and there's no doubt that Venezuela is in a really deep crisis, even more so during the time of the writing of this article, Gold is a very safe asset to keep. It will often gain value compared to your local currency, which has lost tremendous value in the case of Venezuela, and also compared to international currencies over time. This is not something that you should be selling away in difficult times, unless, unless you have nothing else to pay for your expenses and debt. And I think that is actually the case with Venezuela or at least was when I wrote that article. When I read about Mr. Maduro throwing Venezuela's gold out of the window, again, not literally, at such a pace that all the gold from Venezuela might be gone by the end of 2019, which we don't know if it has happened or not, because this is a very secretive government, as you might imagine, I saw a possibility that is more and more probable. Venezuela was actually running out of foreign currencies, most particularly of US dollars, and it's not going to continue paying for its programs for long. One of those programs I'm referring to is to pay the military to keep them aligned with Mr. Maduro's aspirations. In Venezuela, the support of the military is very important, politically speaking. The military is not suborned to the government at the, in the same way as rich in most rich countries I can think of. So paying for all of these social programs that I mentioned in a previous article about uh, Mr. Maduro in Venezuela and paying for the military is very, very expensive. And normally these uh, military people don't want to be paid in the local currency, especially not in Venezuela, because the local currency is worthless right now. They normally want to be paid in US dollars. But if your government, through the central bank, uh, runs out of US dollars, then Maduro probably had no chance, no choice, but to pay them with their gold reserves. Less than a month after this revelation that Venezuela is using of its gold, Mr. Guaido, which is uh, the, op op the opponent, the political opponent of Mr. Maduro in this case, appears on TV at a military institution surrounded by military men and saying that they join his cause, his cause to 
quote-unquote, uh, reverse the government, if you wish to. Uh, by the way, he also named a bunch of judges and a multitude of public servants by name, saying that they were now on his side. This was a very big move from Guaido in order to take power in Venezuela and to overthrow, if you wish, uh, Maduro in this case. This is still a democracy, uh, mind you, but a very questionable democracy, if you ask me. So I had already started doubting that Mr. Maduro would go down in the next few months, although I did predict that uh, a few articles before, uh, and I was completely wrong because he's still in power now, the 5th of uh, April 2020. But as I said, big, big changes has happened in Venezuela since then. Now, I'm pretty convinced that he, well, when I wrote the article, I was very convinced that he could not continue that for long. He will, he will not be able to continue paying for the military and paying for the uh, social programs that he had in place at the moment. So when I wrote the article, I saw two main possibilities. It could be a combination of the two, of course. First, Mr. Maduro will lose enough support from different groups, most importantly from the military, and will be forced to step down in a semi-peaceful way. right? in which he might lose his life or not, but there's going to be very little bloodshed. So I'm not too sure how likely this is, but this would obviously be the preferred outcome. Second, what I saw at the time was that if sufficient partition of the military will break up from the government, and we might see an actual civil war in Venezuela. Now, you could argue that it's already been a civil war in Venezuela for a little while, but not a full-blown civil war uh, for sure. But now if a military branch, a big enough military branch goes out, they could be literally shooting at each other, bombing each other, having a proper, uh, if you wish, ex excuse the expression, civil war. This may include external powers, like obviously the United States that want to uh, put Maduro out, or Russia that want to keep Maduro in, which seems much more likely uh, month by month. Now, with Russia, most importantly, and Cuba, a little bit more as a symbolic gesture in that case, giving assistance to Mr. Maduro, it's very difficult to know how long this can last. And actually, as I said, even today, Maduro is still there. The final days of Maduro's reign might be years away, I wrote at the time, uh, or it could be just months away, which clearly wasn't months away because we're, we're still in that situation. Now, although it is possible indeed, I think that a fairly swift defeat awaits Mr. Maduro uh, relatively soon. That's what I wrote in the article at the time. And if it doesn't end up quickly, uh, then uh, that might uh, become quite nasty. Now, something I did not write at the article at the time, and I want to add because this has happened in Venezuela not that long ago, Mr. Maduro, uh, as I predicted, uh, did not continue to pay uh, with gold for both the military and his social programs. He actually abandoned quite a lot of his social programs and had a 180 degree turnaround and became a capitalist all of a sudden. Mr. Maduro changed substantially the policies of Venezuela, going from what we used to call chavismo, uh, which are more social policies and a lot of expenses uh, in the government. You can find the details in an article I wrote before. He went from that approach, which he defended ferociously for years and years, 
And from one day to the other, I was extremely surprised, turned around and said, let's have free markets. Let's lower these social programs, let's have free markets in before the government of Venezuela, Mr. Maduro particularly, was dictating prices in the market, was dictating quantities produced in the market. It was going really close to a, to, to a communist country. Before that was the case, and now he turned completely around and says, let's have free markets, they choose their prices, they choose their quantities, and we'll see how that works. And that actually did so much good to the Venezuelan economy which is still very, very poor compared to what it was before all of this mess started up, but much better than a few months prior to that. So today's economy in Venezuela seems to be recovering uh, outside of the current pandemic that we're having, of course, but seem to be recovering so much better than when I wrote the article I just read for you guys. Well. This is it for this article. I hope you guys enjoyed and learned a few things. And uh, if you want to know more about, uh, about Venezuela's uh, situation, you can definitely check up one of the, my previous articles. If you want to read more articles about economic apply, economics applied to real life events, you can always see my blog at professorpro.net. You can also find my microeconomics course online at Udemy or Simpliv. See you guys and take care.